championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. Merry Christmas, first and foremost, although the Lakers did not give us the Christmas present that we were hoping for. A comeback effort against the Brooklyn Nets falls short. Joining me to help break it down, Chris, the Masterpiece Masters. Welcome back, man, and uh, Merry Christmas, dude. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Trev. Uh, believe it or not, I'm actually... Really excited to be on, despite uh, the finish. That was a tough game, but like honestly, Trev, I, I know we're gonna we got a lot to talk about. It's been a while, and again, Merry Christmas. But it's been a uh, difficult season, as I'm sure every Laker Nation or Lakers fan can attest to. I mean, this has been crazy. It's been hard to even look forward to games, and I just I, I got a lot of venting to do throughout the show, and I don't want to do it all here. So. Uh, yeah, anyways, good to be back on. Difficult game. Well, this is certainly the place for it. This is where people come to vent a little bit after a tough loss. This is now five losses in a row for the Lakers. This looked bad for a long stretch. And then the Lakers gave us hope. We thought, oh, they're really going to come back and they're going to do this. Oh, no, no, they're not. They're not. They tied it up at one point late in the fourth quarter. But then the Nets went on another little run and the Lakers could not answer and they wind up coming up short in the end. Let me go through some of the stats before we dive into this game and get into some of the venting. Uh, but we've got for the Lakers, 39 points for LeBron, 9 boards, 7 assists, 3 steals, 1 block, 14 of 25 shooting and played 40 minutes. 40 minutes and they could not get the job done. And a lot of that, I mean, I hate to say it, but West, Russell Westbrook, 4 for 20 shooting, including the missed dunk at the end that ultimately sealed their fate four for 20 shooting from from russ 12 boards 11 assists so he got the triple double 13 points for him on the night but not an efficient performance at all the turnovers he kept down only three turnovers but my goodness four for 20 that's not getting it done tht five for 11 uh from the field 14 points 17 for carmelo anthony to go along with 11 boards four assists two steals three blocks solid night for him but shooting the ball not great six for 15 Malik Monk returned. Welcome back, Malik Monk from Health and Safety Protocols. 20 points for him, four boards, three assists, sorely needed. But a lot of the talk of the night, you don't see it in the stat sheet, but Stanley Johnson, seven points, one board, one assist, one steal. But he played really good defense. It was something, it stood out because we haven't seen a lot of that from the Lakers this season. So we're going to have to talk a bit about Stanley Johnson as well. Uh, and then looking over at the other side, James Harden, 36 points. 10 boards, 10 assists. Patty Mills was their other star that stepped up. Remember, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving in the Nets tonight. Patty Mills steps up, 34.7 assists. It was Olympic version Patty Mills. That's what we saw tonight. And then the Lakers gave uh, 16 to Brown and 15 to Bembry, uh, also starting for the Nets to ultimately gift the win to Brooklyn. So, Chris... Let's get into some early takeaways. I've got some super chats coming in already, but what what was the what stood out to you from this game? What was one of the big things, main points to you? Well, Trev, it's just it's difficult because as we know, basically the Nets team that we played tonight was James Harden, Patty Mills, and like Claxton, and like it was a, a skeleton of the Nets team. And I know we don't have Anthony Davis, but we still should have enough talent to win. And it's just. It's frustrating, and you're talking about Stanley um, Johnson, I think. And, mm -hmm. you know, what stands out is what you and Matt Peralta were talking about kind of last show. I think 
this is just bad roster construction. These guys, none of these guys do any of the little things. Nobody takes charges. Nobody box out. They were all like number one options at their teams. They've all been catered to, and this just is not working. It is not working. And I knew this was Russell Westbrook. I used I was a huge Russell Westbrook fan in OKC until I saw what he did late in ball games. And I had no problem with Kevin Durant leaving him. My only problem was Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. But this is Russell Westbrook. And it is sad because he's an LA guy and you want to mm. cheer for him. You want him to be successful, but you don't know what you're gonna get from one play to the next. He goes from looking like the greatest player to the absolute worst player in from one play to another. So um I don't know, man. The whole thing is just this whole season has drove me insane. I've been watching the show. I've been keeping up on Lakers Nation. I've been looking forward to coming on because I knew that I needed to vent and have some uh, some therapy and talk this whole thing out and try to figure out, you know, what we can do. And if, you know, hopefully Rob Palenka can pull some kind of magic. Just get some hustle, guys. Get where's where's our energy, guys? We have no energy, guys. Like, what is this? Dwight Howard's our energy guy. But like, you know. What is this starting lineup that comes out so and goes through the motions every game and goes down 20? And then, oh, great, they get us excited. They come back, and then tonight they lose. And it's another LeBron game wasted. Chris, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I was, I was just I was going down the list. I'm like, check, check, check. You hit every single point that, that we definitely need to get into tonight because you're absolutely right. Look, this is, if we want to pass out some blame for this game, I think a lot of it's got to go to Westbrook because of, and look, he made some decent hustle plays, but you can't shoot Christmas Day against the Nets. You can't shoot four for 20. You can't do that. You can't miss a dunk with the game on the line. You can't do those things. He missed a number of different layups over the course of the game. You just can't do that. And again, I give him credit for the hustle plays that he made. Had five offensive rebounds. That certainly helped out. But this is the time. This is this moment right now. This is what they got Russell Westbrook for was for when LeBron is down, when AD is down, to have another guy that can carry that load. And Russ did not do it. He was a team worst minus 23. Minus 23 on the night. And again, he hustled. He tried hard. But you've got to be more efficient than this if you're going to be considered a star level player. And, and frankly, if the Lakers are going to win games, he's got to be better than that, especially on a big night like this. On Christmas, you know all the eyeballs are on you around the NBA. You mentioned LeBron, another wasted game. You can kind of see the disappointment from LeBron James, the frustration on his face. He drops 39, nine boards, seven assists, three steals. And look, LeBron's been guilty sometimes of not getting back on defense, of not having the energy. But look, he plays 40 minutes, and at the end... The guys around him just kind of let him down. In particular, tonight, I thought Westbrook was was not good. Taylor Horton Tucker, despite being 5 for 11 and 4 for 4, not a bad stat line. But I didn't think his decision-making was all that great in this game. And so that was an issue as well. It was certainly a frustrating one from, from a number of different perspectives. And Stanley Johnson, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Because Stanley Johnson tonight, I thought was really good. I thought he was really good, and I went, my gosh, where has this been? Where has this been the whole time? He, he's he got size to him. He's 6'6", and he just defends his butt off. He goes out there and does everything he can to be a pest on the defensive end of the floor. He scored a few points. wasn't like the offensive side was a major factor for him, but seven points, one for three from three. He's not known as a shooter, but he played good defense. And in fact, he was playing so good on the defensive end of the floor that Fisdale had to leave him in. He's 
off the street, essentially, right? He's on a 10-day contract. Now, he's with the South Bay Lakers, so he understands the Lakers' schemes. But still, he's from the G League, and he had to play 27 minutes, including the closing minutes, because he was so good defensively. And, Chris, here's where I'm at, though. On Stanley Johnson, is it, number one, He was he's just really good defensively, and that's why he stood out? Or is it more number two that... Everybody else is so bad that when you see someone play defense the way they're supposed to, like Stanley Johnson does, that's what makes it stand out. Stand out. Where do you fall on him? Uh, well, I feel like it's a little bit of, and I might be completely wrong on this, but you know, why does uh, Reeves stand out so much? Is it because he does those little things? It's because he has a lot more hustle than these, um, you know, all these all stars that we have. All, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I just feel like. You know, when you have somebody with that kind of energy that's out there and going to hustle and going to do those little things on a team like this, it just stands out a lot because, again, I feel like we have a bunch of number one offensive options. We don't have enough defense anymore. And it's just it's poor roster construction. And then, uh, you know, that's why these guys, that's why Reeves. I mean, think about everything you just said about Stanley Johnson. But Reeves also is an undrafted rookie who is a standout on this team. So what is that telling us? It just again, it, it just it goes back to poor roster construction for me. It's like you just you you lumped all these guys together, and on paper it sounds great. On NBA 2K, we've been killing it. I've been killing it with the Lakers on 2K. <laughs> I mean, shoot, we're about to go to the NBA Finals against either the Nets or the Bucks, so we're doing great. But as far as real life, this just is not working, and I'm sure Rob Palinka is seeing that. And um, so I mean, it just on the Stanley Johnson thing, that's that's where I'm coming from on that. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Anyways, go ahead. Um, I've got a, a super chat here. By the way, guys, I'm grabbing the super chats as we go through. But Alan Joseph said, how many layups will Westbrook miss? And his defense, yeah, his defense has not been good. And indeed, Westbrook missed a lot of layups. And those, when the game winds up being close at the end, like this one was, and again, credit to the Lakers for coming storming back, shouldn't have never gotten, should never gotten out of control like it did in this one where the, the Nets were up by 20 heading into the fourth quarter. And the Lakers came back in the fourth and tied it, which is amazing. But um, you can't have players make these sort of deflating plays. And we've seen this. This is, And it's not just a Westbrook thing. We've seen this over the course of the season where the Lakers, they're fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting, and they fight their way back. And right when it looks like they're about to take the lead, they just, Lucy pulls the football ball away and Charlie Brown goes tumbling. It's that type of thing. They just, they can't seem to get out of their own way. They trip over their own two feet and they do something that allows the other team to then push back and go and surge ahead for the lead. In this case, it was a missed dunk from, from Westbrook. Uh, in other cases, we've seen where the Lakers just, just start making poor plays on either end of the floor. It's hard to watch. It's certainly frustrating to watch when you're seeing that, when you're seeing this team constantly fight and fight and fight, almost get there, and then, oh, right at the last second, just somebody, whether it's Russ or somebody else, tonight it was Russ, blows it, and next thing you know, they end up with a loss. Well, and in a lot of these situations, let's also um, point out that there a lot of times they're taking bad shots. They're taking long shots. They're, you know, they're not trying to get sure. to the rim when they should. But here's one point I got to make because it's going to drive me insane if I do not get it out. Because we're all talking about Russell Westbrook right now. And I understand that I'm on the same page as everybody. I'm leading the charge on all of this. But here's the thing I want to point out, though. Russell Westbrook is getting a lot of attention now. And you know why that is? That's because Anthony Davis is out. And I think... Anthony Davis is really the core of the problem with the Lakers. We can look at Westbrook now because now the focus is on Westbrook because, again, AD is out. But AD, 
AD's failure to ascend to another level or even just be the player he was in the bubble is really what's killing us. It's not even Westbrook. It might be Westbrook right now on a game like this, but it's really AD's failure to freaking step up and find that next. There's a whole gauge of energy and effort that he is not reaching. Yeah, like I don't know if he thinks he's there and he's just he, there's he's just he's not doing it. And uh, I know AD's out, but I feel like that needed to be addressed because I think that is a bigger problem than Westbrook. Well, that's certainly fair. But I mean, look, AD to me has been an all-star, not a superstar. He's been that that mm-hmm. lower tier version of himself. We need him to be a superstar. We that's the whole idea. So that, Le- so that LeBron, can, you know, LeBron, it's great that LeBron can still play like this, but we, we want AD to kind of slowly transition and take that for that number one role, and and so and to take uh, some of the pressure off LeBron. So, anyways, I, again, I haven't been on the show for a while, so there's a lot. You know, I'm all over the place. I gotta no, get no, this no. Stuff I, out. I love it, Chris. <laughs> I, I missed having you on here, man. I, I, I love it, and I'm happy that uh, that you're on here. Larry Wolfolk, the super chat said, "Preach, Chris." Uh, Lords of the Sky said, "Having Chris back on the podcast makes everything better." Merry Christmas, Lakers Nation. Merry Christmas to you, uh, Master Lock. LeBron for getting dunked on. That was a great play design by the Nets. And I mean, on one hand, credit LeBron for going up for it. Uh, Nick Claxton went up and just hammered, dunked on LeBron, got the and one. He got LeBron on that play. LeBron had a great night, but that was a great play by Nick Claxton. I'm probably sure he's going to remember that one for a long time. Uh, Mustafa Dodi said, uh, hey, Trevor, happy holidays. Is it just me? It feels like Westbrook is always bad at the end of the game, trying shots in the clutch and not giving LeBron help. What do you think about I get, that? Like, I get I've seen nervous. people float this idea, Chris, of do yeah. you just, and we're going to get to like the 360 award and all that in just a second, but do you perhaps bench Russell Westbrook for crunch time? Can you even do that? Is that the way to go if you're the Lakers? Because we have seen moments like this where Russell Westbrook, down the stretch, he's not necessarily the guy who you want to have the ball in his hands. Absolutely. Trevor, absolutely. Because I'll tell you what, as soon as I saw Westbrook get back in, at the three-minute mark. And I don't like doing this because, I mean, I do like Westbrook, but this is just so frustrating, you know what I mean? And, like, as soon as he came back in in the fourth quarter, I got nervous. And it's because of everything that, you know, this guy just mentioned. You know what I mean? You just don't know. I, it's too nerve-wracking to have Westbrook uh, with the ball in crunch time. And it's because the mistakes he makes in crunch time, you know what I mean? And this has been his whole career, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He, he gives you that hustle and you love that, man. You know, that hustle and that drive. I mean, it reminds you of Mamba mentality, man. You want to love that. That offensive reboard, he, uh, rebound he grabbed, that was great. But was then, heart. you yeah. know, it's hard. But then he turns around and he misses a dunk or he does something else. Like, we can't go through this roller coaster ride, not on the Los Angeles Lakers. We can't go through this roller coaster ride of not knowing what we're going to get from Westbrook from play to play in crunch time. Because the L.A. fan base, we're just not going to accept that. Well, even if you are an L.A. guy, it's just it's too much for us. And, they, you know, this is what I was worried about going into the season, Trevor. I knew this was either going to be a really good thing or a really bad thing. And it's turning out to just be uh, it's the t- one of the toughest seasons I've ever had to watch of, of Lakers basketball. Again, I don't even look forward to games. I would always – the last – Freaking my whole Laker fandom, I've always looked forward to games. And this year, it's been difficult, man. It's been I've had to remind myself because of the effort. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. And Chris, I you're not the only one that feels that way. A lot of us are like that, kind of dreading the games because you don't know what you're gonna get from the team on a night and night out basis. I mean, we even saw it within this game. We saw moments where the Lakers were 
jogging back on defense, not putting forth great effort. And then suddenly they start playing again. And we're like, oh, hey, look, there they are. And they come storming back. If they gave, what, 70% of that effort throughout the entire game, they probably win this game. They probably win a lot of other games that they didn't, but they just, it's not even just their play goes up and down. It's their effort. It's their mentality goes up and down. And that's frustrating. That's certainly frustrating from a fan perspective to watch, to watch them go through that and kind of ride that roller coaster with them. Not an easy experience. And so certainly uh, sympathize with Lakers Nation for what's been going on. Uh, Maddie James said, remember we had a play when we had a player like Kobe, where it always felt like we could win with him on the floor. I don't get that feeling with LeBron or any of these other great players on this team. Yeah. I mean, Kobe had this every once in a while, we see it from LeBron and I call it the, we're not losing tonight. Look where LeBron just comes out and he's just got this look on his face and you know that he's not going to let the team lose. Right. No matter, even if everybody else is messing around, he's going to go out there and drag them screaming, kicking, if he has to, to a win. But LeBron can't do that every single night. And sometimes he tries to do it and it's still not quite enough. And he gets tired of swimming against the current. And you can see the frustration. You can see the frustration build on in him. But I do think there's something to that too, though, where LeBron's leadership style is different compared to Kobe's. Whereas Kobe is nine times out of 10, He's in that mindset. We're not losing tonight because I'm on this team. That's not necessarily LeBron's mindset. And I'm not saying that's a total negative. There's pluses and minuses to that mindset. But yes, I agree that there was more of a sense of Kobe's going to lead us to probably victory than what you have with LeBron because you knew there wasn't going to be that kind of off night. Kobe was going to be maniacally switched on every single night, a random Wednesday in January. It doesn't matter. Kobe is going 100 miles an hour. Yeah, and you know, I think it's I think LA's only beef with LeBron is sometimes kind of what you're saying that he'll, you know, you'll see him not get back on defense yes. and he'll do he does the calculation in his head and he realizes, "Oh, we're not going to win this game." And then you no longer see the effort. Hey, we just we don't even care sometimes. You know, there's some losses that don't even matter as much as you just putting the effort in. Us seeing you try to win. You, like Kobe would never, Kobe would always put at least the effort in. You know what I mean? Win or loss. He, he you know, that he had that win or die mentality and it didn't, he didn't always win, obviously, but you knew that he was going to do everything in his mind. Even if he had felt he didn't trust everybody on the team, he was just going to take every shot, even if he was guarded by two or three guys. And that's not LeBron. We, we definitely uh, know that, that that's not LeBron. LeBron's going to make the smart basketball play, but you know, it's just, like you said, every once in a while, LeBron can do it. But when I watched Kevin Durant, like uh, in some of like the games last year in the postseason, that reminded me more of the Kobe style of taking over the game because also they were more offensive players than LeBron is. Like LeBron has his streaks where he does really well. He hit that really deep three tonight. But, you know, I don't think he was necessarily, you know, the offense player, offensive player that Kevin Durant or uh, Kobe was, at least as far as scoring obviously. Yeah. And, and look, I'm, I'm not saying LeBron is a bad player, but I mean, LeBron is an amazing, amazing, amazing player. And he can do some incredible things out there. I'm just saying, checked all the boxes. He's, he's yeah, a little bit all more prone. I'm saying the reason why some people might feel like, I don't know if this guy's going to drag the team to victory tonight is because he does have those nights where he misses a shot at the rim or something, or, or the play doesn't go his way. He thinks he gets fouled and he just stays behind the play. Right. He doesn't hustle back and he doesn't doesn't quite have that kind of killer mindset the entire time. But again, he's playing at this level at his age. He's 37 in a couple of days here. 
there's also a method to the madness. So I don't want to come off as I'm, we're just criticizing LeBron, but I'm saying that might be the reason why some people see it that way. Um, Devin Smart said 16-0 run shows LA needs to find a Russ trade. So the run without Russell Westbrook on the floor. Look, we've talked about this. Uh, finding a trade for Russell Westbrook is going to be extremely, extremely difficult for the Lakers simply because of that salary. It's not going to be easy to move that. Just even if there was a team out there that wanted Russell Westbrook, finding a team that number one wants wants him and then a team that wants him and has the salaries to ship out that i mean needle in a haystack good luck trying to trying to find that so i wouldn't bank on a russell westbrook trade i had somebody else uh asking about well could the lakers cut him sure but they'd still have to pay him it's not it's not like it's not like football right these are guaranteed contracts where if you cut him you still got to pay the guy so that's a challenge for the lakers um the jammy from youtube said lebron needs to have the ball every possession down the stretch of the game they went on a run with russ on the bench want to see more darren collison too i i feel like lebron is doing what lebron can like if you're asking lebron to take on more of the burden i mean that already kind of defeats the purpose of bringing in russell westbrook right the whole reason why you went and got russ rob palika talked about this the other day they went and got Russ because they didn't want to make LeBron be the engine every single play. And now it feels like on the nights when Russ doesn't have it, like tonight, LeBron has to go back to being the engine on every single play. So what was the point of the trade? And that's that's where you start getting really frustrated with what we're seeing out here and when you don't get a solid performance out of Westbrook. I know you're going to get to it because one of the super chats said it, but you know, somebody brings up a good point. You know, some of these possessions with Russell Westbrook are truly just momentum killers. Yes. You know what I mean? When he takes these bad shots or misses a layup or has this really bad turnover, it just, it's a momentum killer. I've talked about it before. I've said when Russ makes a mistake, it's kind of Andre Drummond-esque in that it's a very loud mistake. That's what we tend to see. So there's games where I think that Russ is objectively good, but mm -hmm. he makes sure, a few loud yeah. mistakes. And so people come in here after the game and they're upset because the mistakes he made were, were just at critical moments, but overall he had a good game. I don't think that was tonight because of the score, that's the it. Efficiency. but that's it. What you just said there, they're it's, it's their timely mistakes. Yes. It's when they happen that that matters in a game that these certain possessions are magnified and Westbrook is not good in those magnified moments, at least half the time, if not more. Uh, trade Russ for role players. This is from YouTube and have none start. We'll be a better basketball team. None is not, none hasn't played a minute. So you can't have him start. We we're hoping he'll be back sometime in January. He's getting in some work on the court now. Maybe he'll be back, but keep in mind, keep in mind. Um, somebody said, I'm a clown for dissing LeBron. He's the reason you even had a show. I'm explaining, Ooh. first of all, I'm not dissing LeBron. I was careful. Nobody's dissing that. LeBron. LeBron's no. an incredible player. But I'll also say this show existed before LeBron. So come on, man. Um, somebody said, thank you, Chris. He, Russ has been bad this whole his whole career except for his MVP season. This roster is poorly constructed. DeAndre Jordan really... The DeAndre Jordan one was always strange to me. In my mind, Chris, in my mind, I thought, I understand them wanting that skill set. They, it's kind of that security blanket of we're going to get a guy who can set hard screens, roll to the basket, protect the rim. JaVale McGee, right? We want that type of skill set. And DeAndre Jordan, when he's at his best, he's that kind of skill set. Problem is he's not that guy anymore. So if he's not that guy anymore and you're going to spend a veteran minimum contract on a big, 
why would you not just try to keep Andre Drummond in town? Now, maybe there was something going on and Andre Drummond didn't want to stay. But in my mind, I would have to imagine that Andre Drummond would feel better about getting minutes behind Dwight Howard or maybe in front of Dwight Howard than he would off the bench in Philly behind Joel Embiid, who you know is going to get most of the minutes. So 27, 28-year-old Andre Drummond to me made more sense, even if the skill set wasn't what you wanted, than yeah. to go after DeAndre Jordan. That, And I know the Lakers, they weren't planning on playing him much. He was going to be more of a break glass in case of emergency big and then injuries of hit. But still, the way the season has gone has shown why you don't just have a guy as, oh, you're just a break glass in case of emergency player. You need guys who can play. And so to me, letting Andre Drummond go, and he wasn't a perfect fit, but he certainly would have been better than what they got out of DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, and I heard you and Matt, actually, I think you were talking about this on the last postgame show. And, it, you know, I hadn't even thought about it, but it, it made a lot of sense. But, I mean, it's just, it's one of, you know, quite a few, I think, at this point, questionable kind of decisions by Rob. And, again, I like Rob, and he's obviously, he's already got us a ring, and, you know, he's a smart guy. And so I, I still have faith that, you know, he'll see his mistakes. I mean, he's new with this, too. What is this? this second or third year second or third year right trev it's one of those two it's two or three year two or three now yeah and you know i i think you know he'll learn from his mistakes but i mean to go back to you know you're talking about drummond i remember it was just like a week or two ago where i heard you guys talking about that whole situation with where they had um where they had a dj starting over dwight howard and uh that was absolutely driving me insane you know what i mean just because Dwight, I feel like Dwight so visibly had so much more to offer and covered so much more ground and so much more energy than DeAndre uh, that it, you know, and finally they made the switch, thank goodness. But I, I have no idea why Rob wouldn't, you know, take Drummond. You know what I mean? It's probably, like you said, just one of those things. They weren't anticipating using either one of them very much. So, uh, you know, anyways, that's all I have to add on that, really. Um, James Bell said, I know you're not criticizing LeBron, but the night he drops 29 or 39 isn't a night to take shots at him. Yeah, again, I'm not not taking shots. I'm trying to explain why someone might feel a little bit less confident that LeBron was going to drag the team to victory compared to how it felt when Kobe was in purple and gold on any given night. LeBron is much more conscious of, I need to conserve my energy because I have to get through an 82 games. It's the, just the way he approaches the game. And again, He's a big not, picture guy. Yeah, big picture. Yeah, that's, that's not a criticism of LeBron. It's how he approaches things. It's just, it's different. So that's why I think that some people might see him that way. Uh, why isn't anybody talking about Carmelo's terrible defense? You know, Carmelo Anthony, I think, I think Carmelo Anthony for the most part tries on defense. We knew coming in, he wasn't going to be a good defender. I think from an effort perspective, he's actually been a bit better than what I expected on the defensive end of the floor. Now that doesn't make him a super capable defender, right? That doesn't. Um, but I think that he's been better than I expected. I'm not, I don't think I'm, I'm going to criticize Carmelo Anthony defensively. He has some things where just physically he's not capable of doing at this point in terms of defending on the perimeter and things of that nature, but it's not a lack of effort. That's the problem. And for some guys, I feel like it is. Yeah. And I, I kind of agree with you, um, Trevor, at least from, from what I've seen of the Lakers this season, which is pretty much every game, although it's, you know, you, it's hard to look at the whole game. They, some of them have been so bad, but I mean, yeah, Melo's not good defensively, but a lot of times these guys coming off the bench aren't necessarily great defenders. I, you know, I always think of Lou Williams, like he was a great scorer, but he couldn't um, defend anybody either, right? So, and, and with Melo, again, it's like you said, at least you see the effort from him and 
you know, I don't think out of him we're looking for a defensive stopper anyway type of thing. So I don't know. It's just one one more of the many roster construction issues probably with this team. You just don't have enough guys with, uh, you know, we traded in our uh, defense for offense. And it's not even great offense because these guys, you know what I mean? They're, they miss shots and then the other teams get on transition. So I don't know, man. There's just... I feel like there's so much kind of wrong with the team right now that, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's one, a couple moves you could make that would improve it. I think if if anything, they just they need fresher legs, man, I guess. You know what I mean? They need more hustle guys. They need all that. Well, I do think it, it's worth mentioning that they're missing a bunch of players, right? I mean, they're, true, they true. still have guys out due to health and safety protocols. You're missing Anthony Davis due to injury. Now, I'll say what we've seen from the team, especially over the last five games, has gone beyond – just oh they're bad because they're missing guys right we've seen we've seen worse than what you would expect just with some guys being out right particularly with lebron and russell westbrook playing it's been poorer play than what you would expect there so i'm not saying that can just write off everything that's happened absolutely cannot but i think this team would look at least a bit better if they had everybody out there and again i'm not saying that fixes anything or anything like that i'm saying they aren't quite this bad but there is still absolutely reason for concern right now. Um, let's get into this one. AD from Fig Jim Fickleson said, AD is high talent, low motor, bad combination. He doesn't have the intangibles to allow LeBron to take the back seat he deserves. Hashtag not that dude. Which is kind of funny because it was AD who, after hitting the big shot against the Denver Nuggets in 2020, the buzzer beater, he ran around screaming, I'm that dude. Um, he's saying he's not that dude here. Yet so far, AD hasn't proven to be the guy that can take the reins, that can be the 1A guy. I think on good nights, he can be your 1B, but so far he hasn't been the, I'm going to put the team on my back and we're going to win all because of me guy. And I think that's where people get frustrated because he's got the potential to be that. We've just only seen that in the playoff series that they won or in the playoffs when they won the championship. He hit that level. And then he hasn't hit that level again since. And that's where the frustration is. And I think, Chris, that was where that's where your frustration is with him, too. It's that he's as your 1B, maybe 2A guy, but he hasn't been the 1A guy yet. Well, I'm glad you brought up AD again because I want to point out one other thing. And it might have been Ron in you making this argument, and it made complete sense to me. Uh, but I was just listening to you guys on the show. But, you know, AD came in uh, and he put on a lot of weight. You know, he, he visibly put on, in a good way. You know, he bulked up. He put on some weight in his shoulders and stuff. But, you know, one problem I think that just might be with AD is maybe he put too much size on. Because when you look at how bad his shot has been compared to yesteryears, it just, it almost doesn't make sense. Like, you know, the math doesn't, it, like he's all of a sudden one of the worst shooters uh, in the league, I think, from the outside. And yeah. I just, I think that honestly might be, and I'm hoping that it's just, you know, we, we obviously need more of a little bit more motor out of him or him to hit that next gauge. But I think as far as, you know, maybe he just might have put on a bit too much size and it's been hard for him to be as consistent offensively. Maybe even it's been hard for him to carry. But one more thing outside of that, too, uh, this has always been a problem with him is, I mean, every the guy is his durability, man. And I, I don't know. I mean, you can tell that he's trying to work through the, you know, the last game he played what was it it was his ankle and then um and then it was you know the guy went into his shin so mm -hmm. i mean and you see him like you you see him trying to like 
you know, he knows, I feel like when he gets hurt now, he knows that he has his reputation and he's trying, like, he's like, I don't want to be called brittle anymore. I don't want right. to be called Mr. Glass. And he tries, but at the same time, you look at these injuries too. And it's like, it's like, he's got a bullseye on his chest or something. It's like, it's crazy. I've never seen somebody go down as much as AD in games. And like, I'm not even faulting him, man. Again, like, because a lot of people will just go on and fault him. But when you see the two things that happened into the last game, it was like, they, you know, they're legit. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, it's crazy, man. But I'm just, you know, I don't know what we're going to do about that part of AD, but I'm just hoping that, you know, when AD comes back, maybe if, maybe if he um, reduces his weight a little bit, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to figure out because his shot has been so bad too that just trying to make sense of this team is very difficult. You know what I mean? It takes a lot of listening to your post game shows, a lot of thinking, a lot of alone time in a room. <laughs> you need to be alone with your thoughts to try to sort through how we feel about this this Lakers team it certainly has not been an easy season that's for sure for Lakers fans to follow um Chris I think it's safe to say the 360 award is going to LeBron um given that Westbrook had a poor performance and LeBron was was pretty good I mean 39 points pretty darn good for LeBron James so obviously he's getting the 360 award but what about the next man up who are you going with that who is who is the next best player is it Malik Monk is it uh, is it Stanley Johnson? Is it Carmelo uh, Anthony? I, who, who are you going with for that? I, I'm, you know, I didn't even think about this award tonight, obviously, because I haven't been on in a while. But I mean, I'm just going to go off the top of my head, Stanley Johnson, just because I like some of the hustle plays. And I like, if you look at the numbers, that might be completely effed up. But um, I think, uh, you know, like I like some of the hustle plays. He got that steal. And, you know, I don't know. Laker Nation sound off. I mean, I might be completely off. And who are you? Who would you take, Trev? Am I? No, I, I agree. I, I would also go Stanley Johnson. I think that he brought some things that the Lakers have been lacking. And we thought, you know, Trevor Reza could bring those things. And we saw how badly the Lakers were missing them. But Stanley Johnson, I like how he gets down in, into his defensive stance. He stays with guys like James Harden. And, and look, Harden scored on a, few, on a few times and things like that. But even off ball, I was watching Stanley Johnson off ball. He's even making the right reads off ball and then closing out. And again, I know part of this is it's standing out because we haven't seen it all season. Part of it is that. Part of it is we haven't seen, or at least not with any kind of consistency. And I know Stanley Johnson's given 150% right now because he's playing for a job, right? So that, you know, that's a factor too. But it was so refreshing to see somebody really locked in and trying on defense. It feels like it's been so long since we've seen that. Um, like fully locked in and not just fully locked in, but having some defensive capabilities as well. Like he's naturally got the ability to, to defend people. And I'm not saying he's a fix for everything the Lakers are doing defensively because he's not right. There's a reason why he was out of the NBA, but I'm saying that tonight, I thought that what he brought particularly on the defensive end of the floor was eye opening. It was impressive. And it was something that has been sorely missed this season so you got to give him credit for the way he defended out there i hope that this is just what you're going to get out of stanley johnson every single night because if this is what you can count on from stanley johnson every single night you got to find a spot for him and I, i'm not going to go as far as to say as this is what you're going to get this is one game he's been in the g league he's been cut right this is not a guy that you want to say we just know this is what he is every night but if if we see another week and a half of this from stanley johnson you have to find a spot for him. Uh, but I, I just, I got, I have to echo what you said in terms of, you know, what, it, what kind of stands out to me. And it's not, obviously he has talent, 
but it's it shows the difference between a guy playing for his basketball life and then everybody else mm-hmm. on the team. You know what I mean? Who I don't know. You know, their urgency doesn't tell you anything like these guys are playing for their basketball because they're not. Honestly, they're not playing for their basketball. Life. They don't have to. But you know, so I mean, I think I feel like that's kind of the reason a guy like Stanley and again to go to Reeves an undrafted rookie. These guys stand out, man, because uh, they're just. You know, again, you got a bunch of number one offensive options, man, who just yep. I don't think they have the hustle, man. They just they don't have I don't know, it just doesn't work together, man. I don't think. That's a that's a great point too with Reeves. It's also why Reeves stands out because he does all those little things. Things that Stanley Johnson was doing. Reeves also does that very well. Uh slides his feet defensively, does a great job there, boxing out all the little things. Players, Hungry, fresh. Uh, they have guys that don't do. Hungry and fresh. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Maddie James said, Trev, at this point, would you even bet on the Lakers making the playoffs after all these injuries, defensive liabilities, etc.? So I've been saying yes, but it's not that I've got a ton of confidence that this Lakers team is going to turn things around and, and I'm super optimistic or whatever. It's more that the West is weak. And so that's why. And look, like the Clippers just lost Paul George for the next month. Right, maybe more because he's going to be reevaluated a month. So the West overall is pretty weak right now. Now the Lakers' schedule moving forward is really difficult. So you have to consider that too. But I feel like worst case, we're talking about the play-in here for the Lakers. And so as long as you're considering that part of the playoffs, the being in the play-in, then I would say yes, they're they're. I think they're still going to make the playoffs. But again, that's not necessarily because they're playing so well. It's because overall the West has been pretty weak. I think is this the first year in uh, that the Eastern Con- is the Eastern Conference stronger? Yes, it is, and it's it's the first time in decades, I believe, that that's happened. Yeah, man. Uh, Patty Mills, here's a comment: is on a two-year, twelve million dollar deal. Palinka easily could have gotten him and probably kept Caruso. The roster is terrible. So yeah, so Patty Mills, the Lakers w- did try to get him. They were going to get him, and then they wound up getting Kendrick Nunn after Patty Mills went to the Nets. And obviously, Kendrick Nunn has not played at all. Uh, Patty Mills got the mini-mid-level exception. Same exception that Kendrick Nunn got. That's what Patty Mills got from the Nets. And obviously, he's an extremely good player. Could have definitely made a difference for this Lakers team, but they did not get him. And then we also saw, guess who made some big plays for the Warriors? Otto Porter Jr., another player who the Lakers were interested in, but didn't get. Instead, he went to the Warriors. He would have helped the Lakers a lot as well. Some of the guys that they, unfortunately, this kind of compounds things. The guys they got have not played well. The guys they missed on, Patty Mills, Otto Porter, some other players have done very, very well. Very well. So that adds insult to injury, I think. Whew. Man, Trev, I, I, <laughs> this has just been a crazy season, man. Like, you know, you just didn't, really didn't know what to expect going into this, but I, you know, I haven't lost faith. Just, just go back to, I haven't lost complete faith that we'll make it into the playoffs or anything, yeah. but it, it gets hard when you're watching these games, man, to picture uh, any kind of outcome where we get to number 18. Uh, I get Spotify from YouTube said I get emotional every time THT tries to play the point guard position. He doesn't read the game properly and he can't shoot. Uh, and he's selfish. So, I don't know if it's him being selfish. He likes to shoot the, he does like to, to attack and shoot, but that's the Lakers are also encouraging him to be aggressive. Um, everything I've heard, I've heard about THT from everybody has been that he's a really good kid, that he's very humble, that he works very hard. It's frustrating seeing him not play well. And it's frustrating when he's making mistakes. And I understand that, but 
I've never heard anybody say he's selfish. I've never heard anybody say he's out for his own stats or anything of that nature. So, Chris, where are you at on THT? Uh, well, I've heard, you know, I've heard Laker fans and Laker Nation kind of really down on him. But I, I just feel like he's so young that he's still figuring out uh, who he is probably as a basketball player, who he is on this team. And, you know, we've seen the flashes of brilliance out of him in the past. And I know since he's come back now, he's really struggled. But this is kind of one of those things where you can't – I don't think you completely just uh, cut bait with him or anything like that. I think we got to kind of see the season, especially now, because we now we signed him to uh, another three years, right, Trev? Is that what it is? THD, yeah, he's got a three-year deal. Um, there is a player option in the final year, but he's the fourth highest paid player on the team. He's getting nine and a half million this year. Yeah, I understand. Cause again, this is the Los Angeles Lakers and we see you not producing and you're on a deal like that. You know, we're going to sound off. That's part of being with this team. But I, I just, I haven't completely lost faith in him. I think he just, he still needs time. And I think we'll see an improved version of him as the season goes on. You know what I mean? It's not like, uh, we haven't seen him do some pretty spectacular things. Haven't seen his unique skill set. Again, let's not forget about the the length and the wingspan this guy has. So, I mean, there's a lot of potential here. And, you know, I know he hasn't even been back that long, right? How long has he been back? Has it been uh, about a month or so? I mean, I don't know, Trev. Like, you know, are you at where I'm at as far as him? I mean, I yeah. just feel like it's way. You can't, like, I'm, I, not, I just, I'm not completely I, out on THT. He's been disappointing for sure compared to what we kind of hoped he could be, even knowing he's still a very young player and kind of temper expectations. We still hoped he'd be better than what we've seen because there's been moments where he hasn't looked like a rotation player. And for the price they're paying him, he's got to at the very least be a rotation player. Now, also for the people that are saying trade him though, he's got to turn his play around fast he's trade eligible january 15th trade deadline is about three weeks after that so if you're on the side of trade tht well he better pick it up quick if you're hoping to get something in return for him because if this continues you're probably not going to get a very good return and frankly the lakers they don't have that many salaries they can stack up so if they're going to make any kind of real move this season at the trade deadline you're going to need taylor horton tucker's salary if nothing else to put into a deal so on one hand, he's young and you want to say, let's give him time. But the reality is for a Lakers team that was built to win right now, if there's any hope of turning things around, you may need to make a move and you might have to use his salary in a deal. And if you're going to do that, you need him to pick things up and start looking like the guy he looked like his first three games back from injury and not like the guy that he's looked like ever since. Yeah. And I just want to say one thing. I mean, I can understand us as a fan base, maybe being disappointed with THT coming back to, but to be out on him, it seems like a bit, a bit extreme to me, mm -hmm. you know, Westbrook on the other hand, I feel like myself and probably the fan base are probably out on Westbrook at this point. So it'd be the opposite in that case. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, I hate even saying that, man. Cause I mean, I really wanted to cheer for him. But. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. We all did. Uh, Bruce Barnes said, Trevor, I hope the coaching staff takes note of how good LeBron off ball was working and grows, uh, and grows to sit Westbrook here and there. Uh, yeah, look, LeBron off ball, LeBron can do LeBron can do anything. You can ask LeBron to be the point guard. You can ask LeBron to be the center. He can do any of and he can do anything in between. Whatever you need him to do, he can do that thing. Issue is figuring out what's the best thing to have him do. What is the best thing for the team overall? And then you go from there. Uh, why isn't Dwight playing sit Westbrook? Well, matchup wise, the Lakers would looked a lot better when they were small. And so that's why I don't, I don't blame, um, 
Coach Fizdale for going small because that's where they were finding success. So that's what he did. Uh, Ricky Gilbert said, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Uh, Chris preaching facts. Westbrook missed too many layups and left Patty Mills open. Yeah, again, this was this was definitely not a good Westbrook night. Did, did you say that the last game too, though? What, that it was not a good Westbrook night? Probably. I, think it was the last I, I don't recall off the top of my head, but probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody said, we got to be real. I feel like THT was a huge mistake. So the problem is with THT, we don't look at it in a vacuum of, okay, they paid a young player who's 20 years old at the time, X amount of dollars, what is it, $30 million over three years to play for the team. And hey, maybe he'll be better next year and then he'll be worth that contract or whatever. We look at it as they picked THT over Alex Caruso. Right, that's mm. that's always going to be in our heads, and that's going to influence how we see THT. Now, that doesn't mean anybody's wrong about THT not being good so far or anything like that. But I'm saying that makes it hurt a little bit worse when you're like, well, they picked this guy, they could have had this guy over here, and the guy over here, Caruso, a guy that Lakers fans loved, has been playing unquestionably better. And he wanted to stay. And he wanted I heard to stay. that. You know, I haven't been on the show that long. To go back to that, he wanted to stay. I think he even uh, he tried to contact them about taking a lesser deal or something. I just and I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's really easy now to look at it and just be like, oh my gosh, why did we do that? You know, because I, I made sense of it beginning of the season when I heard you guys talk about the numbers and the THT situation. But now, now. I mean, I would, man, how much would we, you know, here's the thing. How great would a Caruso be on this team when, cause nobody is doing any of those things. Exactly. It's, it's very noticeable now that you don't have Caruso. You don't have even Kuzma doing those, that sort of dirty work stuff that he used to do. KCP as well. Uh, somebody said, buy him out. Don't care. Release Westbrook. You're not going to pay Russell Westbrook like $90 million to not play basketball for you. You're, you're not going to do that. Um, Take him out of the clutch. Why do the Lakers like- start slow in every game? I think there needs to be an adjustment with the starting five. I don't think it works with THT in there. And I don't think it's even good for THT. Right? Like, you've seen now teams, James Harden, when he was defending, they were hiding James Harden on THT, and he was standing five, sometimes ten feet off of him. Just They don't care if he's behind the three-point line. So putting him alongside LeBron and Westbrook, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think you can give him the ball a little bit more, let him be a little bit more attack-minded in terms of going to the basket if he's with the second unit. So to me, THT in the starting five, it's it's not working. I'm not going to say that you'd sub him out of the starting five, though, and everything is instantly fixed. But I do think that the starting unit that they're using right now is just not ideal, and that's part of why they start slow. They should, uh, Trev, they should have never put Westbrook back in at that three-minute mark. We could have probably won that game. And it's not to say, again, you know, yeah, Russell Westbrook can be productive, but maybe that whoever mentioned that earlier in the show, I mean, maybe they're on to something. Just take him out at the – if we have a tight game with three minutes left, do not even risk it, man. Yeah. Matty James said, I don't get how you can put on the purple and gold every night and play with no energy and no defense, especially after the legacy that's been paved in these jerseys. We deserve better. Yeah, I mean, look, let's face it. Lakers fans, Lakers nation, we're used to a certain level of – fight from a Lakers team. We're used to seeing them go out there and play hard every single possession. And we're certainly not getting that this season. And so that is a frustrating thing, particularly when you keep hearing the guys say, well, it's going to take time for chemistry and all those sorts of things. That's true. But again, I've gone back to this a bunch. 
the thing that gets me about this team all season long has been the games where we don't see the energy because there is no there is no well this guy's hurt or we haven't had enough time together or whatever that's those are all valid reasons why the team isn't playing well or as well as they should it's not a reason why you see guys not putting forth the energy or the effort that they should be and that's that's the biggest problem that i have right now with this team and that's what's made it so hard to watch that alone is what's made it so hard to watch. It's not even losing. Like we had the first season I, I was watching you, Trevor, you always refer to that. That was a difficult season. It was our first year with LeBron, yep. and those were difficult games, and we lost a lot. And But like this is just a whole nother level of frustrating because it's just it's not even uh, that they don't know any better. It's just the effort isn't there. Like you said, it's so uninspiring to watch. Uh, somebody said, Alan's Joseph said, Bazemore over Wes Matthews. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, look, West Matthew, West Matthews made some plays for the Bucks tonight. I understand why they went with Baysmore. He's got, uh, he seems like he had a little more pep in his step. It just hasn't quite worked out for him this season, and uh, and that's unfortunate, especially when coming out of training camp. Frank Vogel was talking about how Baysmore had separated himself on the defensive end of the floor, that he was looking really good, and he's just kind of fallen off a cliff in the last month or so. And even when he's gotten opportunities to get back in there, when they've been shorthanded. We haven't seen it. Now, right now, he's out due to health and safety protocols. But, yeah, in hindsight, the Bazemore move isn't looking like a, a great one. Hmm. Chris, in fact, we're getting pretty close to, to that time. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. We're, do that? we're getting really? close to that time. So, let's, let's do it. We need the master lock of the night. So, let us know, Chad, if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Who should be put in the master lock tonight is it any one person is it another player something else let me know what you guys think who should get put in the master lock especially since chris the masterpiece masters is here with us so let's see i'm seeing a lot of people fire off a lot of different things seeing a lot of people say russ all right chris who is it who's getting put in the master lock i'm trying to think is it a cop-out to go for two people it kind of is isn't it? no you can do it why not I, I, you know, the masterpiece masters you can master lock as many people as you want all right i like that i like that <laughs> I, i'll say this man uh I, you know i don't want to just master lock a laker especially since this is my comeback show i haven't been on in a while and it just feels like blasphemy to do that but I, i'm going to say this there's just two guys that stand out to me tonight and you know obviously i would love to master lock patty mills but that's just because he drained eight threes on us and hit basically every shot he took it was unbelievable. So I would really have liked just to master lock him so he wouldn't have kicked our butt so much tonight. But, you know, Russell Westbrook has to get it, I think, just because, again, like I can't stop thinking about, you know, he gets the offensive rebound, great, but then he goes up and he clanks or he just misses a dunk. LeBron is open in the corner, and I'm pretty sure LeBron is pretty frustrated about that specific play because he worked so hard and had such a great game, even though we don't like him, apparently Trevor or whatever, <laughs> whatever that guy was saying, no, LeBron had a, an amazing game. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I'm putting, um, Westbrook and Patty Mills in a master lock. I'm going to put Patty Mills in it. Here comes Russell Westbrook charging, turns the ball over, put him in a master lock. Good night. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, because you? you went, my pick would have been Russ, but because you went Russ, I'm going to go with another nomination and I'm going to say James Harden for the low blow to Taylor Horton Tucker. He went to try to do that normal push off that he does, 
but he also closed his fist. And, and that was, it was painful to watch. <laughs> there was no question there, but I was surprised that it was only a flagrant one. If it was a push off, you yeah. would have had an open hand or something like that. It ended up being just a straight punch in the jingle bells. And it was not, it, it was not something that I expected to see only get a flagrant one. I expected Harden to probably be out of the game for that one. And, uh, yeah, it was an ugly, ugly play. And so he, I think he's got to get a master lock for that. Oh yeah. Well, or at least an honorable mention for that, for sure. At the very least. But, um, yeah, that was a low blow and that was, uh, looked pretty vicious. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think, but I, you know, it's funny cause you know, we did put it out to the chat. So it's kind of interesting to look at. I'm having a feeling most people are going to say Russell Westbrook. Is that what you're getting there? Sure. I'm getting a lot of Russell Westbrook. Oh, somebody, Jason said, um, said uh we still had a chance to win yes they did but somebody else said and harden stepped on his foot too i forgot about that part yeah harden went up for the shot and actually came down on on his hand harden stepped on, on, hand? on tht's hand with his foot um so yeah extra wow. reason to wow. master lock oh my gosh yeah so he's not even an honorable honorable mention now i think he's just getting lumped right in it uh let's see i've got Usually you don't trade one dollar for four quarters, but might be worth it here. Can we trade Russ plus another player for a bunch of role players? Would math work out? Well, it depends on who you're trading them to. And then let's say you trade Russ for four different players. Okay, now you got to free up four roster spots to bring those guys in. So that in and of itself is a challenge, right? So, and if you say, okay, we'll just cut, cut Baysmore, DeAndre Jordan, whoever. Okay, now you still have to pay those guys. And remember, you're in the luxury tax, so you're not just paying them the veteran minimum. When you add the tax, it's a lot more. So next thing you know, trading Russell Westbrook to get your four players becomes infinitely more expensive because you've actually got to pay a lot in order to clear the roster space to do that. So it's really complicated trying to come up with a Westbrook trade. And so that's why I'm not anticipating it happening. That's why we have to just explore the different ways to use them, man. We just, we got to take them out and those clutch moments, have them, you know, maybe start the game. I mean, cause he does provide us something at certain points. He can be good, but uh, man, I just, I, we can't go through a whole season of uh, watching Westbrook in these clutch situations, make these bad decisions. Like I just, I can't do it. All right. I've got ice cold. Matt said wave DJ sign Stanley Johnson. Okay. That's something they could, could do. Trade THT and Bazemore for Miles Turner. Number one, the math doesn't work. Number two, the Pacers would never do that. Trade Westbrook for Simmons. 76ers absolutely 100% will not do that. Uh, fire Vogel and sign Avery Johnson. Oh my gosh, I haven't heard Avery Johnson's name come up in a while. So the first thing could potentially happen. You could wave DeAndre Jordan and sign Stanley Johnson, I suppose. Maybe that's somewhere within the realm of, of possibility. Those other things, though, I'm sorry, those are those are not happening. Uh, Devin Smart said, Russ THT for Heald, Bagley, and Thompson. So again, that same kind of idea, just breaking him up into some lesser players. But again, you have to clear those roster spots. Well, hey, here's one thing we can say. At least, you know, Rob Polinka has made some mistakes, but I do, I do have some faith in him to be, if anybody can pull some kind of deal or figure out something, it's Rob Polinka. So, and again, he has made some mistakes. A lot of questionable stuff has happened, but, um, you know, I still feel like we have to, he has some equity and we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he did get us a ring on, uh, you know, the bubble, the bubble year. And that was very important to us, obviously. Yeah. Look, Rob Palenka, the one thing we know is he's going to leave no stone unturned. He's going to try everything he can to improve exactly. this roster. Okay. Now 
His back's against the wall. He doesn't have a lot of trade chips, but you know he's going to try everything possible. Uh, somebody said, hey, Lakers, the Trevor need, uh, the, hey, Trevor, the Lakers need to make a big trade. Again, they have a problem with the number of assets that they've got to actually make a big trade. So I wouldn't anticipate a big trade. Maybe something minor, but we'll see. Westbrook ruined my Christmas. I'm sorry. Andrew. Sorry, <laughs> Westbrook that's... ruined your Christmas. He got a little grinchy. Uh, Palenka overvalued THT from Avi B. Yeah, we talked quite a bit about THT, but yeah, that's... I mean, if this is what you get out of THT for the next two more years after this, then yeah, you would say he he overvalued him, but we'll see. Ricky Gilbert, if the Lakers put effort from the start, they would be over 500. Some of the games came down to two or three possessions, a lack of effort and focus. I agree 100%. Agree 100%. I'm not saying they would be great right now if they put in effort every game. I'm not saying they would be the team we thought they could be, but they. I think they would be above 500. I think they would have won at least a handful of games that they wound up losing if they had put forth full effort the entire time. Trev, can I just say one thing? Regardless yeah. of how everything is unfolded uh, this year, I'm still happy that we did not offer um, what's Dennis Schroeder that contract last year. Even with everything that's happened this year, I'm glad we didn't get stuck with that potential deal. So I will just put that out there to you and Laker Nation right now. Yes, yeah, that's, that's true. That, that It could have been Dennis Schroeder on that $84 million contract and he kind that's of wor- that's worse than anything we're seeing right now in my book at least he that's shot himself in the foot on that uh, TJ said 76ers get Levert and Brogdon well you can't do that Brogdon can't be traded this season uh, because when he signed his extension so I think the whole thing falls apart there but Pacers get Westbrook they don't want Westbrook THT Frank Jackson Pistons get Turner Thibel Nyang in exchange for and the 76ers are trading away the Lakers get Grant and Simmons so the 76ers are trading away Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel and they're only getting Karis LeVert and Malcolm Brogdon they're not doing that they're not doing that can we all do a fundraiser for the Lakers for whatever they need to free us from Russ and THT I don't think the Lakers need a fundraiser all right let's do a couple more and then we'll call it a night here uh, Westbrook isn't just a problem now. Doesn't he also have an option for 47 million next year? Yes, he does have a player option that he is likely to pick up next year. Uh, Trevor, when can we have an honest talk about Ellington? Seven for 22 from the field over the last four games. Another waste of a signing. Yeah, Chris, for a shooter, Wayne Ellington has not been shooting the ball very well. And he's had moments where even defensively, I went, yeah, that, that's better than I expected out of him, where he's been one of the guys to hustle back, to get into a play, or to make the extra effort. And I've seen some things I've been pleased with. But the Lakers really signed him to be a consistent shooter. And unfortunately, he hasn't really been that. But it seems like everybody, when they put on a Lakers jersey, their shooting ability just seems to fall by the wayside. But I've heard you make this argument before, too. So if you got a guy like Ellington... Who's he's not a defender per se. And, you know, like, yeah, he'll put in some effort, but really he's one of those guys where if he's not pulling his weight offensively, he's uh, kind of a net negative still on the floor, I think. So, like, I don't know, unless maybe he's played better defense than I either know about or remember. I know he had a previous stint with us, but I know Ellington's been mainly regarded for his offense. So, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's all holding. The list just keeps going. We can. I feel like we could just put anybody on this list with a question mark. Like, what did we do with this? Why? Why is this guy playing like this? Mm-hmm. And like, you know what I mean? Like, 
Ellington's just another one, just to add to it. You know what I mean? Like, everybody hasn't been terrible. I mean, granted, you know, I don't know. Like, Trev, I mean, it's honestly, I'm scatterbrained uh, talking about all this at this point. Like, it's, <laughs> I need you to make sense of it. it. It's, well, and it's because it's not just one thing, right? There's it's a not. lot of Lakers fans out there that have said, trade Westbrook, he's the problem. Fire Vogel, he's the problem. Get rid of AD, he's the problem. THT, he's the problem. No. It's a lot of things. The roster construction, it's the injuries, it's COVID. It's it's all of these things that have come together to create the problems that the Lakers have had. Effort, right? That's been a problem. It's all of these things that have created these, these problems. And that's why there's no just quick fix. And I know a lot of people are just saying, oh, just trade this guy. There isn't really a quick fix because there's a lot more that has to be changed than just swap out player A for player B and then everything's better. There's a lot that's going on here that the Lakers have got to figure out. Some of it, some of the fix is going to have to be internal if it's going to happen. Some of it is going to have to happen internally because external factors aren't going to be enough to change enough things to turn this thing around. And the farther into the season we get, the less likely it becomes that they're able to turn this around. But again, they're going to try. They're going to do what they can. I'm sure Rob Palenka is going to do what he can to try to add some firepower, whatever he can do. But again, the bottom line is some of this is just going to have to come internally. And whether that's the coaching staff, the players, frankly, it's both. They're going to have to figure some things out if this team's going to going to fix anything. Yeah. And I had a point on that, but I lost it. But I'm sure it'll come back to me in a minute. So if you want to read any more on that. Sure. Um, I had somebody ask, why wouldn't the 76ers want Ben Simmons? Because Daryl Morey is the the is running the 76ers and he's already been through the Westbrook experience. He's Westbrook is not on their list of players that they want to trade Ben Simmons for. They were making the argument that Westbrook is playing games this season. Ben Simmons is not as soon as Ben Simmons gets traded. I have a feeling he's probably going to be playing games again. Um, the 76ers also, the issue they've had with Ben Simmons is he doesn't shoot very well from three. Well, Westbrook doesn't do that either, making him also a questionable fit next to Joel Embiid. So the 76ers there, a Westbrook for Simmons trade, as much as great as that would be for the Lakers, the 76ers are not doing it. The only way you can do that is if you send Westbrook somewhere else to a third team, and that third team has stuff the 76ers want and want to trade those things for Westbrook instead of Simmons, and they send those things to the 76ers. Far-fetched. So I, I would do not expect a Westbrook for Simmons trade to happen. If it does, great. But I would not be expecting that to happen. You know, you said there's so many things wrong with this team, but like we have to be able to isolate it to what, you know what I mean? Like specifically, you know, what is, you know, like to me, it feels like, again, roster construction. But again, AD feels like a big part of this too, man, like needing AD to be that guy from the bubble. So I, for me personally, if I was to narrow it down to a couple of things, again, it would be probably those two things, man, like the construction and then needing AD to become the, you know, the guy on the team. Uh, last one we're going to do any of the Lakers picks that were traded away are any of them protected. If in the top 10, not as far as I know, I believe they're all unprotected, but uh, keep in mind the Lakers pick this year will go to the Pelicans next year. There's a pick swap between the Lakers and the Pelicans. So that is, if the Lakers are better than the Pelicans next year, that pick swap is worthless. It means, it means nothing because they won't do it. Right. Oh, down goes Chris. <laughs> if they, this is one of those days. If there is a, a – in next year, if it's a pick swap and the Lakers are better than the Pelicans, the Pelicans won't want to do the pick swap. So, again, that could be nothing. In 2024, the Pelicans can get the Lakers pick then. 
if they don't like the pick in 2024, they can say, no, thank you. We'll take the 2025 pick instead. And then they'll get that pick. And that's it. That's the end. So they get the 2022 pick. There's the potential of a pick swap next year. And they get either the 2024 or 2025 first round picks from the Lakers. One of those, not both of them. So that's it. You're looking at two first rounders still due for the Anthony Davis trade and a pick swap. The end. That's it right now. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys joining us. Always a difficult night. Always a difficult night when the Lakers lose. Now we're at five in a row. Hopefully they can get things back on track. But Chris, great to have you back on here, man. Oh, man, it's great to be on. I, and I just have to say, by the way, I love that Lakers Santa hat. I know I've seen you in it one time before, <laughs> but that thing is freaking amazing. And I just want to say, hey, you know, it's great to be on with you, Trevor, as it is always. It's great to... Yeah, like I really kind of needed this. I was really happy to finally get back on with you tonight because I, I miss talking to you guys. I miss, uh, you know, everybody in the chat because they're always so funny. And like, honestly, these are uh, therapies. We're all such passionate Laker fans. So like it feels really good on especially games like tonight for us to be able to come together and just talk this out, man. And like you always say, and I always say just vent and, um, you know, know that, man, you know, we really just care about this team is what it comes down to. We care about it. We want success, and, you know, I'm just glad that we have this platform, all of us, and we continue to have it to get together as uh, real fans and just, you know, talk this out. So, uh, you know, thank you, everybody. Good to be on. Absolutely. Great to have you back. and glad everybody was able to come on here and vent. Hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. Hopefully the Lakers didn't spoil too much of it for you. But till next time, everybody, stay safe and see you.